dear friends and listeners, welcome to this new episode of the Pearl Dialogues. My name is Wazi, and together with Elin, I host this podcast. For those of you who are new to this, this podcast explores the nature of reality through the lens of the diamond approach, which is a spiritual path and teaching that emerged in the 60s, approximately. And it is founded by A.H. Almas, who have plenty of books that I highly recommend, and also several talks online. In this particular episode, me and Elin have a conversation with Diana Osborne, who has been in the school for a long time and shares her personal wisdom and personal expression with us. We do dive into several different topics. Uh, we talk about the hue symbol, which is the logo or the symbol of the diamond approach. We also explore what it means to be a real human being, including the full spectrum of being human. We also talk about some personal processes and, and uh, ways of dealing with struggle, helplessness, and things like that. <laughs> it was a very rich and delightful conversation. I really enjoyed listening back to it and I appreciate the, the flow that it has. That is all I have to say. As always, I invite you to listen in presence, to be in the body, in the moment while listening, as this is the orientation of the school and also of what we're doing here. Thank you so much and yeah, good journey. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Pearl Dialogues. And uh, in this episode, it's uh, me, Elin. Um, we have a C and we have a new teacher with us, Diana Osborne. Welcome, Diana. Yeah, thank you, Erin. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here with both of you and with the audience out there. Yeah, beautiful. And I always like to start the, the episode with uh, just sharing where in the world we are today. And uh, I can say I'm in I'm in Stockholm today. Um, where about you, Vasi? I'm in Oslo in Norway. Scandinavia. Yeah. And I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado, in the USA. It's about the middle of the country and uh, um, north of Denver and partway to Wyoming. The, the immediate thing that draws my attention that I would like to open up with, if it's okay, and then we can potentially do a check-in in terms of how we're feeling, is the magnificent hue symbol that is behind you, Diana. Mm -hmm. For you, what does that represent? What What is that for you? Wow. Um, yeah, I love the hue symbol. And... Well, I know uh, who, you know, is one of the names of God, one of many. And the symbol itself represents the, the total human, 
you know, the the real human, the what it means to be fully human. And uh, I love the colors, the black, space, absolute, um, the power of black. And I also love the gold. Gold often represents truth and what it means to be true and real. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about that alien, the hue symbol before? Have you have you seen you've seen that symbol obviously, but have you have you reflected upon it before? Yeah, I think I think I have reflected upon it, but I haven't I actually didn't know it had a meaning or it's or I haven't asked the question, I guess. Yeah. Like I but when I look at it I see these four wings like uh, a bit almost like a celtic cross so but this was the first time i i hear about the the meaning yeah Hmm. and that's actually the symbol that we have in the middle of our pearl so the logo for these pearl dialogues is a pearl and then the symbol the hue Mm -hmm. symbol is in the middle so for anyone listening who is unfamiliar with that and then Diana gave a beautiful description of, of what that represents and also within the school. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And there's probably more meaning to it. I know sometimes I have uh, simply contemplated while looking at the who symbol and, uh, and it brings up the multifacetedness of the diamond approach and the who symbol. Um, um, so... Uh, yeah, it's a very beautiful symbol, and as I feel about it, mm. Mm. it's really like the symbol for the school. I have um, contemplated if it's gonna become a tattoo on my arm or not in the future. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how long will I be on this path? Like, could be fair <laughs> to do that, <laughs> like, but. <laughs> But now when I say it, it also may be like a bit culty. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, um, but some people have it on jewelry and I think it's beautiful, like earrings or necklaces. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening in you now, see? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, right now, I'm reflecting about what you just shared about having it as a tattoo, and I was thinking, <laughs> you know, it's not a commodity. <laughs> it's like, you know, um, yeah, yeah. I guess there was some, some, um, yeah, a combination of things. One is very joyful, like you know, go for it. And at the same time, I had some ideas about, hmm, is that a good idea? You know what I mean? <laughs> Doing a symbol and making it into, you know, something it may be not. So, so there was different thoughts coming up for me in that moment, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 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 That was a topic. <laughs> I think the key is to, you know, see where the guidance takes you. And my thought was, wow, if you do that, I'd love to see it, you know, after it's done. And 
to not get attached to any particular definition. Um, you know, that it can be very personal, the personal meaning uh, that's unique for each of us. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful, is it, Diana? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, time will tell. Mm -hmm. mm. Time will tell. Mm. What is your relation then, let's see, to the hue symbol? Like we talked about Diana's and now mine, and what is yours? Um, what rings for me when I watch the hue symbol is. Uh, the complete human being that's that's the transmission that i've received from it also i think i've i've read that somewhere uh, as well so that's not me coming up with that but i've read it and something about that possibility and that yeah possibility and potential resonates with me there is a sense of completeness that comes with it and for me that is a yeah, possibility that rings deeply uh, in the sense that not as a final destination, but rather how to be in a continual enfoldment and live in accordance with principle, live in accordance with reality and, and uh, the laws of nature. Uh, so, and it also speaks to the richness of this teaching and the orientation of these teachings and the possibility and the potential that is held within this teaching or expressed through this teaching. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that complete human, you know, it sounds like a destination. Um, but I think what's complete is um, continually evolving and uh, and the potential, the potential. I know sometimes when I look at the symbol, I ask myself or I contemplate, what does it mean to be fully human? And um, again, not as a goal or an end goal, but as a as an entry into exploration and discovery and the potentiality, which is infinite. Um, this one is an interesting, uh, this is an interesting inquiry for me. Infinite potential. What does that, what does that mean? Uh, could you elaborate on when you say infinite potential? What what does that hold for you? Yeah, I I mean infinity or infinite is like I can never completely say you know what the the potential is. You know, it can't be pinned down to this or that or or something else, but. Uh, in my experience, there are times when it just feels like uh, there's this upwelling or 
that life or experience or whatever is teeming with potential, some of which the potential will come into manifestation. And I think the way it hits me is that reality and spirit and true nature is much more vast and deep than my mind can ever fathom. And that's what gives it its deep mystery. And, um, you know, like the potential for discovery, for not knowing and allowing whatever needs to arise, arise. And I'm often surprised and it's magnificent. Um, but yeah, infinite potential to be surprised because of the mystery. Yeah, and I'm curious about what that means, potentiality, infiniteness, for each of you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, when you were when you were talking, Diana, this this line came into my head, like I wonder what life, how I would explore life through your eyes. Like, what is life from from the perspective of of your human body and how you see it? Like, that was something. Yeah, that was something that got really like. Because mm. I realized when I see them, the mystery and the the infinite space, and when I'm in contact with that. I realize like when I'm at the peak of, of that um tillstånd what is that in like um state when I'm in, in the peak of a state how can I dive even deeper in the mystery when I think that I know like there needs to be an accepting of the not knowing to unveil and then go deeper. And yeah, that in that in combination with, yeah, I'm just wondering how other people are experiencing it. How, how you are experiencing it, how I'm, I am experiencing it. Are we having the same sensations? Are we connected to the same thing? How, how much is there to see in the infinite sort of like, is there an end? And you, I can't really get the answer to the question, but I get, yeah, I get curious. Can I ask you what's what you were to say is happening internally for you when you speak about this? Hmm. Thank you. I love that question. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's something here in the in the middle of my torso. It's like um, <laughs> it's like a love affair. Mm -hmm. That's the word that comes. It's like I'm having a a love affair with something. Uh, yeah, love, it's light, openness, a bit like a candle. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm touched actually. Also, there's a yeah, something touches me. Yeah, I feel you know the heart is opening. The heart, your heart, my heart. Um, I I notice your words. Um, I don't know. The experience inside was of my heart just expanding and opening, and um, and your question leads me to you know just feel the love and the sincerity even in the not knowing. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, beautiful. And one thing I've one thing I feel moved to bring in is that yeah, this day has been super challenging for me actually. It's one of the been one of the most challenging days in a long time actually in on some level um because waking up today uh, or throughout the day i've i've been feeling off in the sense of feeling very contracted internally and and in that i noticed how my a part of me has wanted to remove itself from uh, tasks and projects and and things uh that it was my responsibility to to show up for and how that has i mean it seems seemed to be such a deep structure that's come to surface in my in my soul this day <laughs> and this morning I, I i was sitting in meditation being with it and inquiring with it while my mind was foggy and I didn't have that penetrating mm, that penetrating feel to my questioning and my inquiry so instead I was more a bit confused while simultaneously doing my best to to really be with what is while simultaneously seeing how my mind was generating all these different thoughts and my ego was reacting to my experience and also that there came in some uh, some inner criticism or inner judgment about ah this is wrong it shouldn't be happening uh, mm -hmm. and it's interesting to see how in certain phases of my life or certain periods um, and certain days I feel that essence or true nature is more available so my consciousness has more space and my focus and attention is more penetrating which means that I come to the truth of my situation more clearly and more readily while today I was feeling discombobulated and and that wasn't that available so when I was speaking my my voice felt a bit broken and uh, I was like the struggle was real and it's still with me in my in my in my field uh, which is also linked to my life situation and some of the things that's happening in my life. Um, and the reason I'm bringing this in is because, yeah, 
I just feel it's an important part of the conversation we, since we're speaking about the real human being and the complete human being. And I know generally people listening to this will also be listening from different spaces. So I just wanted to add my little personal process to this conversation and and how that how real that struggle has been today uh in, in it there's been sunshine as well at times and 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 allowing with the struggle but it's been a it's been a real real interesting uh, deep process that's taking place yeah i'm curious as you name what's been going on for you and you share this with all of us. Now, what do you notice inside? What is your experience in this moment? Um, right now, I, I can feel the stream of my being or the stream of my consciousness. So there is, it's like, a, I feel more like a river and that the river is flowing. Um, and I saw the possibility of sharing that just before without talking about what I experienced earlier because um, I saw the possibility, but I also realized that, you know, is a part of the picture. And I don't know how that shift took place because leading up to this podcast and this episode, my experience of myself has been very different in the sense that the struggle has been primary while now things are flowing quite smoothly i feel a sense of space there is a sense of contentment being with you and a sense of appreciation and also the love that you spoke about earlier i can really feel that and and also making contact with you alien and making contact with you diana um, it's special for me. It's a, it's a precious it's a precious thing to to have this episode. So, I reckon it seems like my being responded with opening up somehow when I came on with you, and so now I would say that is that is my current experience. Yeah, and I'm really grateful that you brought in you know your experience. Um, the struggle, the challenge, and also the stream of the flow. And I noticed you put your hand right here as you were talking, you know, so it seems like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, that there's a heart quality that also is arising. And it's true, complete human being, you know, some people, myself included, have ideas about what that means. And, oh, a complete human being must be one that doesn't have struggles or challenges or, you know, or devoid of feelings or sensations. And um, at least in my experience, that would be a segmented view, like some sort of ideal or standard as opposed to the truth of, at least in my experience, as I go through each day that, you know, I can feel openness and love and excitement 
And I can also feel when my inner critic comes in or something that's judging or, or comparing me to something else. Or I can just feel an upwelling of fear or sadness. And that's also what's true. It's the truth and it's poignant. I feel that carries so such a deep meaning what you share right there. Uh, how does that land with you, Eileen? What you know this topic? Yeah, I'm almost crying, <laughs> and uh, I'm really grateful that you brought up your experience of the state of the sea. And there's also something I thought about with the Q symbol of like yeah what it is to be a full human being and also decides yeah which you talked about Diana, which is like you might not really want to have or thinking like the troubles and the challenges and yeah I also had a super challenging like week but also yesterday was a very challenging day for me uh I want to share about it shortly because it ended in a very interesting way. I was standing at the food store and then I was supposed to pay and uh, the payment didn't go through and I tried the different cards and I was a bit stressed and then I took away the expensive paprika. It's so expensive now due to the wars and everything. And it still didn't work and I was like, okay. What do I do? Oh, I have a couple of notes. I can pay with regular cash. And the people were behind me. And I was like, you can go to that counter. It's free. Like, And they were like, no, we already put things up. And, and then in the end, it was like, I paid as much I could in cash. And it was only like 61 kronas or like, like $6 for me to pay on the card. And it still didn't go through. And I was like, what do I do? And the lady behind me, she was like, you know what? I'll help you. I'll pay for you. And the guy behind us, well, like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, we pay for you. And I started crying and crying. And I, I feel that now as well. This, I felt so incomplete being able to pay for my groceries. <laughs> and so confused why I didn't have the money. And then this kindness from a, two total strangers. I mean, it was, I just cried the whole way home. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and it's so raw. <laughs> yeah. And how is it now as you share this and recall the generosity and the wave of uh, emotions that arose in that situation? There's a little bit of like a shaking inside me. Like my teeth are almost shaking like and there is uh, such humbleness and gratefulness 
but I was feeling very low yesterday and and uh, yeah also I guess this amazement the, I mean the generosity at the time I actually thought it was way more than I deserved like mm -hmm. that was way more than I deserved they were more than kind to me and that was that was interesting for me to observe that like okay and uh, right now I think I have probably done this to someone else like a while ago or something like I might have done this before but but at the time when it was me it was like oh this is too kind well and now and now <laughs> Does it matter whether you've done it to others? I mean, I don't know, but I definitely want to do it to others. I want to help others more in this way when I have a chance. Mm -hmm. So that's, I guess, what's alive in me that I want to pay it forward. Uh, so I noticed there's a part of me which cannot just sit there and go like yes please support me like it's I am not complete in that way and that's okay that's okay you're you're right where you are and I know for myself there are times when I don't know the support of uh true nature, the support of coming through people. And uh, yeah, no, I have gone through my own inquiries about why is it easier for me to give than to receive? And uh, it brought up for me value, you know, value the inherent value and love. And that doesn't mean that when I suddenly unexpectedly receive something or the, you know, someone doesn't come with exactly the right word or the outreach or something that I, you know, uh, simply smile and feel the goodness of the universe. Yeah, sometimes it feels a little, um, a part of me sometimes is a little uncomfortable. And yet, the more I can, my heart relaxes and opens up to the goodness of the universe. It's hard to see the goodness of the universe these days, you know, with everything that's going on in the world and in our lives. But when I can sit back and observe from a, a bigger view, it's like, wow, when have I not actually been supported? It might not come exactly how I want it or when I want it or, or whatever. But as I follow the thread of my life, it's like, uh, 
Yeah, like every time that would occur, I could see that I got or received um, exactly what I needed in that moment. Um, not every day, not every moment, but, but more and more. And, So I feel that is, uh, you know, the support, how the support is, uh, in some sense, you're saying that the support is a constant, not, not necessarily in the way we're always in touch with it, but that when you, when you said expanding into, you know, a bigger view, there is always support available. One thing, one reflection I would like, love to hear you speak to is, I was noticing today when I experienced this space of struggle, feeling contracted i had to effort in order to you could say formulate myself um, particularly with people that i work with or i have projects with um, and then i also had an inquiry session with a friend and in that particular session i could see the possibility of going more into the transcendent I saw the possibility that I could go into the space and I could go into, you could say, deeper dimensions of myself and view it more as an observer. However, in that particular seance, I, I chose or I was inclined to not go there. So I was inclined to really grapple with the, with the matter that was arising and um, really be consciously be and enter into the struggle with without zooming out you could say from the experience what is your view on that particular approach in the process of transformation do you see that there is a place for that or what do you see to be the the balance of really you could say finding support in true nature in a more expansive way versus really zooming into our experience without you you can say as much uh going into the transcendent mm -hmm. yeah it's a good question and uh, i don't think there's one way to do it like i think that there's a place for what I term a bigger view or a more transcendent view because that view or that experience has intelligence and wisdom and support within that too. But it kind of depends on the motivation too. Like, are you wanting to jump to the transcendent as a way to avoid whatever feeling or judgment or tension that's going on. And if it's an avoidance, then the question is, how come? What's the fear of going in and looking and getting curious, getting curious about, ooh, what's this about? And so, I had a teacher once, and this is something that I 
you know, have been chewing on for a while for myself was, um, I don't know, the words are kind of clunky, you know, because it's not totally descriptive, but like a more of a wide angle view or a higher view versus more of a, you know, microscope and going in and seeing the details and feeling the feelings and the texture of that. And it's not that you do one at the exclusion of the other. There are times and places where it's important to really be with the felt sense of what's going on. And there are times when it's like, oh, I'm getting really caught in all of these details. Let me zoom out a little bit, you know, like that big telescope out. And I think both are, are useful. Um, yeah, I, that's been my experience. A follow-up question on that. At times, or particularly for me today, there was times where I was feeling a sense of hopelessness or a helplessness in my process. How do you feel, how do you see that linking into to what you just shared uh, and this conversation about the zooming in, the zooming out, that intrinsic helplessness that sometimes arises that I don't, you know, I, I'm just, I just don't know what the fuck is going on and what I'm going to do with this. Nothing works. Everything is, you know, what, what's going on here? You know, I mean? I'm, like, I'm applying my practices and I'm doing this, that, and yeah, but just nothing is working. Uh, how do you see that? Yeah, I'll answer in a moment, but I'm curious. The question is arising. How do you feel about feeling hopeless and helpless? What's that like? I, I feel that there is a nuance and complexity to it. It, may, it can be answered simple, simply perhaps, but I do notice how my my mind zooms out into overview because I see different elements and different aspects of it. One aspect is that um, fundamentally, I feel that there is an embrace of my experience and there is an orientation of embracing the truth of my experience, whatever it is. I would say that's a fundamental orientation. And that orientation comes from an appreciation and a love for the truth and seeing truth as value in of itself. Now, having said that, my ego, I still have an ego and I still have a superego. I also have an ego ideal. So my ego will tend to react to certain experiences. Some reactions are stronger than others. So if my ego is very reactive, then it can respond, react to the hopelessness with rage, with anger, with despair, with a whole host of different 
uh, strategies or experiences to to avoid that sense of deficiency to, or to avoid that condition. Um, and then sometimes like the super you can come in and saying you know you should shouldn't be in this place you know get back into your onto your saddle you know what I mean you're not doing well enough what is going on here you know get yourself together all all of that kind of stuff so the process that I was in in this today in particular was just so intense because the reaction was strong my ego reaction was strong the deficiency was very deep meaning that my structure was highly contracted and the deficiency was very visceral it was manifesting as a as a as a grid of tight tension in my center line so because of the amplitude of my experience and the different levels of my experience was so high, um, I was kind of oscillating between different different modes of being from sometimes being more in the, in the, in the embrace and then suddenly the reaction was super strong and then the rage came in. So it's, it's, it's a nuanced picture, which is not completely... Um, straightforward and not completely linear either uh, so that's that's my answer to that yeah well this experience or this place of helplessness and hopelessness yeah. you know i i've had multiple times of feeling completely helpless that things were completely hopeless and it's very painful for me. It was very, very painful. And initially, you know, the first few times that I felt it, I mean, um, I didn't like it. I could feel like there was my efforter part or my fixer part that wanted to... Um, do anything you know it was like all of a sudden the activity amped up you know my mental activity and I wanted to do anything to get out of that place and um, and with the patience and guidance of my teacher and also the developing of my own process I mean I remember one time I was with my teacher, I was on the mat, and I felt so deficient, so helpless, so um, hopeless, that I thought I can't even take up space in my teacher's office, because, you know, why bother? I mean, I was a helpless case. I was a hopeless case. And with her guidance and patience and presence, she helped me to stay exactly with the hopelessness and the helplessness without going into mental chatter about what I need to do or what's wrong with me, some super inner critic, super ego, inner critic stuff to stay right there it was painful 
And then all of a sudden, just by admitting I'm helpless, I can't, I don't know what to do, hopeless, something different arose. It wasn't immediate. Maybe it happened over multiple sessions or multiple, you know, over time. But there was this opening, like something cracked open. And there was a sense of surrender. And it's true. My ego can't do it. My ego had been holding on trying to make things happen. Um, but it was a very profound experience of feeling like, uh, they sometimes talk about the ego shell or a shell of the personality. I literally felt like it broke, something broke open. But as long as I was fighting the helplessness, fighting the hopelessness, fighting to make something better, um, I likely would never have gotten to that place. And again, it's not something I can make happen. Like, you know, they talk about you must surrender and let go. Well, because my effort or part can sometimes be so strong it's like I make that a doing oh I need to let go so I'm going to tense up and try and let go <laughs> or I'm going to make myself surrender and um, I don't know about you two but that has never worked for me um, surrender is um feels like to me like grace coming in and it's not my time I have preferences but it's not my time and the more I fight and it does feel like this battle that can happen um you know it's like those Chinese handcuffs you know with the finger where you pull them and they get tighter and tighter and you want to escape and stuff like that. I know that analogy has been used a lot, but it does feel that way. Um, and uh, yeah, but it's, I want to acknowledge the pain of feeling the helplessness and hopelessness. It's not easy. And the potential it's also within that place. I, I want to ask, would you say it's the same with the fear? Like, because I can become so afraid of, of what I'm feeling sometimes. And then it's scary us to stay with it. Like, would you, would you, yeah, would you say the same like for as hopelessness with fear and how to to be with that when it's really overwhelming and you're going to have a session in a couple of days, but you rather want it now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I get that. I get that. Yeah, and fear. Um, I know that feeling. 
of fear. And uh, and depending, you know, on the day or the time or the immediacy of what's going on, if fear is what's there, sometimes I just am with the fear and allow the fear to be here. And if that's what's foreground, instead of running from the fear to go into it. Now, that being said, I also honor the wisdom and the intelligence within each individual and the guidance that happens. And there are times when some kind of titration is needed. What does that like mean, that word? Titration, like, like, um, so we're invited to go in and be with our feelings, but sometimes it's just too much. And so titration means to say, hey, there's an intelligence within me and I need to go do something else. Go for a walk, go wash dishes, go run, go, you know, to, to respect where one's soul is and one's guidance. So pushing, pushing, pushing to be with, be with, be with is not always the wisest thing in the moment. So I fully respect people's need to take a break. Titration means take a break, you know, to, to you know, not keep going in. And um, I don't know, there's an intelligence, there's a wisdom um, and to respect that. And we each have a timing. So, yeah, thank you. That makes it, yeah, it, I, I hear you clearly and I, it lands well in me. Mm -hmm. Like, I, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful conversation. What's happening for you now, Diana? What's happening internally in your belly, in your heart space, in your soul field? Mm. Well, I feel a lot of heart quality and um, love. And a lot of compassion. Um, I feel a little teary-eyed. Compassion for the human condition, the compassion for this journey, the compassion for suffering, and my own, others, um, and a huge amount of. Um, honoring and respect for one's personal process and how that 
aligns with a, a greater view or the universal uh, will and flow. And I also feel a lot of in my belly, like, like it feels full and here and substantial. And this sense that no matter what happens, it's all going to be okay. Even when doubt comes up, and I don't believe it all the time, even when something comes like a curveball or something unexpected, there is something more fundamental. Um, and I just am appreciating the, the realness of being here in the field with both of you and your hearts and your souls. And I mean that sincerely. I wanna ask a question that I have thought about since the beginning, but I think now might be a good time. <laughs> and I just I just want to know uh, about you, Diana, like your path. How how did the diamond approach start for you? Mm. What did you do before and what led you to become a, a teacher in this mm. on this path? Yeah, thank you. You know, ever since I was young, um, you know, three, four, five years old, I always had a sense that there was something more than this physical body, the five senses. And I don't know where that came from. It wasn't like I thought of it, you know, but there was this sense that there was something more. It wasn't necessarily supported by my parents, you know, you know, they attributed it to imagination or fantasy, and there might have been some of that too, but there felt like there was something real. And so my journey has been, I mean, I'm so grateful for the myriad of experiences that came my way, but that started a journey of, well, what else is there, you know? Um, what is this mystery that I keep sensing and feeling into? And so I tasted lots of different paths, you know? I spent time in a Protestant church at youth groups, and there was a time I even joined the Catholic church to see what that was all about. And, um, and then I followed a Buddhist path for a while and read about mythology and the Native American traditions, you know, and the, each of their tribes and shamanism and New Age. And, um, and I got something from each of them. And yet it wasn't until the diamond approach found me. Sometimes I say I found it, but I I don't know about that. But it felt like it found me. Um, that I really felt like I came home. 
that this is where I'm supposed to be. And I discovered it through the Enneagram. I had been studying the Enneagram with, uh, you know, Helen Palmer and David Daniels and uh, was reading, you know, all the books on the Enneagram. And, of course, then came across Hamid's book, uh, The Facets of Unity. And, um, and a friend of mine and I, we were discussing the facets of unity and she had moved away but was moving back for multiple reasons, but she says, you know, there's a group starting in Boulder, you know, based on the teachings of, of Hamid under the pen name A.H. Almas. And she says, why don't you come check it out? I'm going to go check it out. And, uh, and the rest is history. I just, I don't know, there was something that relaxed. And then the whole thing about becoming a teacher, you know, they had an opening. And I don't know how others, you know, what their journey is. But for me personally, I never got the neon sign that said, go be a teacher. <laughs> go do this. It's part of your destiny. It was more subtle than that. Um, I just kept getting this call wasn't a mental call, go through this door, go to this retreat, go through this next thing. And I had doubts along the way at times, like, why am I doing this, you know? What? And yet the call was there. And, um, and then the next thing I know, they invited me to be a teacher. And so, and that's where I am. I'm first and foremost a student, and I'm very clear about that. And how about for you, Aaron? How did you come this way or discover that I'm an approach? I'm, I'm curious. Well, I went in the psychoanalysis therapy and I realized that my therapist had just started a diamond approach group, but I didn't know it at the time, but that was the first time. And then I was uh, working at the, uh, Engsbaka, which is a spiritual course and festival center. And I was there in my second week and I was working in the kitchen, volunteering. And I hadn't seen him for seven years. And then all of a sudden he was there in the Scandinavia group. Uh, and yeah, then there's lots of things happening um, that week, also around that group. And uh, eventually another student from that group had workshops into something called Zen coaching. And I, I joined that and that was how I experienced essence for the first time. And, and then I thought, oh, diamond approach, that sounds like, that's what the, the cool guys do. 
like, but I'm not that cool yet. So I waited a while. <laughs> and now I'm like, I could have started right away. <laughs> but, I'm chuckling because actually someone had um, invited me to the Diamond Approach years before, you know, I went to a, a workshop. But I said, well, what is the Diamond Approach? And the response is, well, we process things. And I couldn't understand what that meant. You know, it sounded honestly kind of like cold dead fish. <laughs> and, um, you know, I sometimes wonder what, what, what it would have been like to have joined then, but I wasn't ready. I, I think I needed other experiences to, to bring me here. So we come when we come and we're yeah. here for as long as uh, we're here. Mm. Yeah, I remember my, my old therapist, he, he wanted me to meditate with him <laughs> in our sessions. And I was like, bloody hell, like it was so uncomfortable. I I was like, oh, really like pushing myself to do it. Like he was like, we'll put that timer for 10 minutes. And I was like, that was the longest 10 minutes of my life. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> I had homework to meditate and now I love it but at the time I was like oh and one time he sighed and he said oh, Ellen you really need to meditate <laughs> and I was like no I don't want to <laughs> I'm sure you're not alone <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and was he how did you come to this path so I read my first book, The Unfolding Now, in 2017. And that was after I had watched Adyashanti and Almas had have a teaching together on living realization, something along those lines. And that book, I just illuminated so many things for me. and put me on a journey that I've been on ever since. <laughs> yeah, so that's been my primary source of both wisdom and inspiration and guidance uh, since since I read that first book. So I in, initially, I, I, for the first few years, I mean, I think four years, I, I just read the books and listened to all the talks online. I wasn't a part of any groups. Um, and I feel that was the right thing for me initially. And then eventually I started, I went, I joined a group and then started working with a private teacher. So now everything is in process on all the levels. And yeah, that's, that's how I got into this. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, there's many ways to come to this path and and I highly respect other paths, so I know I benefited from the wisdom of other teachings, other paths, and um, and the beauty, one of the things that I love about this work is that you don't have to adopt a particular belief, and you don't have to reject what, you know, 
what you know and love from, you know, before, or, you know, there's no conflict with um, different teachings or different paths um, as far as one is rejected or one is better than the, you know, there's, there's none of that. You just come as you are. This is a completely different question, but it's something that arose for me. What would you say inspires you most in life, uh, Diana? Mm. You know, life inspires me. I know that sounds, you know, rather ambiguous or vague, but um, I don't know. You can look in the eyes of a baby and there's an innocence that arises. You see their innocence. Um, you can look at a sunset and you see the beauty of the colors. I can be just right here in my on my meditation cushion and inspiration seems to come up. Nature, oh my gosh. You know, the beauty and the flow of nature is just amazing to me. And hearing other people, being in contact, uh, like I feel inspired right now with this conversation. Yeah, so I feel it just as this upwelling and I don't have to go looking for inspiration. It just seems to happen if, if i were to ask you of, of the, on, on something is there something that upsets you in life mm. yes <laughs> um i'm deeply troubled when i see or hear or read about children and animals that are being abused I'm deeply troubled by that. I'm there's something about um judgment, yeah. What is it exactly? I think it's when other people judge without really knowing. And I'll put myself in the category too, when I feel judgmental, um, it's not pleasant and it's not real. And it's usually because I don't understand something. Um, I so wish wars were a thing of the past. I really do. Like, to me, it feels like there's just no place for that in today's world. So, do you see, go ahead. Do you see any benefits of war? Hmm. 
Well, I mean, I have to say, like, uh, specifically, I'm thinking about the war in Ukraine and, you know, what resiliency, you know, and I don't know this because I don't have personal experience being in war, but to fight for something that one values and believes in. And I imagine a lot of people are discovering strengths within themselves that they never thought was possible. Um, and I might be, you know, overly optimistic. I, I think that I would like to believe that there are ways to get to the, that point without actually killing and shooting people and causing more suffering. But I don't know that. I don't have that bigger view that uh, that true nature and spirit does. So it's happening for a reason and I'm not privy to the reason. I want to ask you the same thing, Ellen, but before I do that, would you say, is there any more trip, like in everyday life, do you feel there are any trivial, trivial things that also have set you or inspires you like in everyday life that are more, um, yeah, in the ordinary or the kind of the immediate environment as well? Are you asking me or? Uh, yeah, I'm asking you now. Just, I'm going to oh. ask you the same thing. Okay. <laughs> Well, I can I can feel pretty impatient at times, you know. Like I can feel like there are times when I um, I don't know what is it. There's something about when I perceive that there might be a a more efficient way to do things or. Um, and sometimes that gets locked into my ego, you know, well, who am I to think that? But there are times when it just feels like it's what's true. And uh, so, yeah, and I don't necessarily like, um, I don't necessarily like to be cut off in traffic, although that doesn't bother me near as much as it used to. <laughs> <laughs> just don't hit my car please <laughs> get out of my way I'm driving over here but I have learn to learn how to drive learn how to drive <laughs> but I have to say over time I've become a much more patient and uh, calm driver and uh, not always, though. I mean, it happens. And how about you, Alien? What makes you angry and upset? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I'm a full, full perfect hue symbol, no? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what makes me angry and upset? Yeah. I will I will ask you the same question after I answer we'll see. But um yeah, I thought about like what is it that really triggers me <laughs> in everyday life? And um 
I listened to um, Eckhart Tolle last night speaking about um, partners and the partner who hasn't done as much spiritual or personal work and the one who feels they have done more and that the other partner then becomes a, a teacher for the one who's done more spiritual work. And I realized what really bothers me is if I bring up something that I am frustrated about or upset about, and if I don't receive empathy, like what's worse if I get like a, a change of topic, like, like, oh, why are you bothered about this? You should be bothered about this instead. And I'm like, Like that really, then I, then I, I, I'm, uh, then I lose my shit. <laughs> it's like, and then I need to go like, okay, I need to go. Bye. Like, like I need to go lock myself away because I feel so, so angry that this other person, first of all, is like not seeing me, but I also feel invalidated. Um, like, and I realize like, that I really would like to be able to hold enough space for myself to not need the other person to give me that empathy or to validate what I, what I, what is really important for me. And even withstand like a slight attack in that moment <laughs> that I really want to do that. And it really bothers me. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, was it? Am I off the hook by that, or do you want to know more? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're off the hook. <laughs> I'm off the hook. Thank you. Yeah, I'm down a little bit. You know, it's it's just these the interesting layers, and it's not that often we get the opportunity to ask people these things. So I I just want to see you know what, what emerges when we talk about these things and and how we talk about mm. it. Yeah. yeah. And I like it. I like it. I mean, I want to add that as well. For you, Masi? Yes. What really bothers you in everyday life, Masi? Mm, I would say on a, on a personal note, what, what frustrates me the most or angers me the most is this is actually what's connected to, to some of the deficiency I experienced today is when I, when I make a mistake that that is where i perceive uh, that i where i perceive myself as having lost or being defeated so an example um i had a i had a i had a very nice watch that i uh that i had laying around and i went on to I, because i was short on money so i went to sell it uh, online and i sold it um, to the first buyer who gave me my asking price but after i sold it i realized it was worth much more than what i sold it for so clearly 
in that experience, I jumped too quickly. I should have given it much more time before I actually allowed for the purchase. Uh, and I ended up losing maybe half of what I could have received and it was a substantial amount of money. So for me, that bring, bring a tremendous amount of anger and frustration at myself and even to the extent of like feeling like super like enraged by by that mistake um and then i had to process it i ventilated to some friends about it just sharing you know what happened being with it and and honoring it and processing it simultaneously um, that's one thing that that upsets me when I when I make mistakes like that, uh, which can be seen as a real mistake. It was a mistake to sell it to that price and sell it to the first first buyer without having a much more slow and steady process of of doing it more over time. Uh, there are other things on a meta level that that frustrates me and irritates me as well, but that's one thing. I don't want to take. I don't want this to take too much a part of the podcast, but I just wanted to kind of like go in there. Something moved me. Yeah, thank good you for question. doing that. Yeah, good question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel such deep appreciation for this this meeting we're having in this episode and this topic it's uh, it's very real hmm. and most most likely people listening to this they can relate to something they're gets upset about and get frustrated about or get inspired about so it is a very human thing and and i guess one thing i want to bring in why the one reason i'm bringing this in is because at, at often in the in the um, conversation we're having we're also touching upon metaphysical concepts and you know dimensions of consciousness and we're exploring the universe you know far and wide so it, it, there is a part of me that just want to balance that out with more ordinary personal things so 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 that's also where the question is coming from i'm just realizing it as i speak so so i just want to add that you know it's important to bring that in you know because the truth is we all have our daily life and we bump up against things that are bring different emotions and different sensations. And the more we can be exactly where we are without, um, you know, thinking that we're not supposed to be right there or this event is not supposed to be happening. Um, at least for me, the more I can be in the immediacy of whatever, whether it's a car cutting me off or or whatever, that uh, then I tend to relax and say this too is real and is happening in this moment. Hmm. Let's listen to your song. Thank you. 
Horses are creatures who worship the earth They gallop on feet of ivory Constrained by the wonder of dying and birth The horses still run, they are free My body is merely the shell of my soul But the flesh must be given its due Like a pony that carries its rider back home Like an old friend who's tried and been through I had a vision of eagles and horses High on a ridge in a race with the wind Going higher and higher, faster and faster On eagles and horses come flying They know neither limits nor bounds They're the guardian angels of darkness and light They see all and hear every sound My spirit will never be broken nor caught For the soul is a free-flying thing Like an eagle that needs neither comfort nor thought To rise up on glorious wings I had a vision of eagles and horses High on a ridge in a race with the wind Going higher and higher, faster and faster On eagles and horses I'm flying again
know what you like to share. How come you you brought this song and what does it mean to you? Mm, I'm just feeling very touched that um, that this was shared, you know, this music and the video of nature and I actually hadn't listened to the song in a while and but it came to me and it expresses so much that feels real and true on my journey. You know, it speaks to freedom and that the spirit will never be broken. And it's also an honoring of our earth, nature, wildlife. And we were talking earlier about you know, how we view from a broader perspective, more transcendent maybe, down to more detail. And the ego reminds me of, wow, what a view. What can be seen and known and heard? And the horse reminds me of the ground and the power and the forces that can arise that do arise within each of us. And they're not separate. It's all one thing. And we get to share this magnificent earth with all this beauty and expression with each other. And I'm curious how the song and the video impacted each of you, if it did. I feel bouncy. I could feel the bounciness of the song, which I like. There was an interesting, he has an interesting way of sharing, a way of singing that I find to be jovial and bouncy on my part. And then there was this nature landscape, which was beautiful, particularly seeing the eagle and the horses. Um, for those listening via Spotify, that was on the video. Um, yeah, so the word bouncy comes to me. So jovial bounciness. That's that's the overarching sense that I get when I listen to this. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, and I was having my eyes closed during the video and listening to to it, taking in the words. I the music genre itself didn't appeal to me so strongly so but the words uh yeah the speaking of the soul and that you know the actual meaning of that my body is the shell of my soul but also <laughs> that my muscles you know they're also important like a pony there was I was like oh yeah like the body has its due like it's it's important as well um that that dawned on me a bit deeper like uh, yeah honoring my body honoring my muscles to my that is because this is actually what is holding my soul like and yeah that was 
my body became more important. Hmm. Yeah. Not to be taken for granted. That I also thought about now when you shared about uh, your song, Diana. That we get to take part of, of this life, but it's actually not for granted. Like the wildlife, the body, the experience. And that's an uncomfortable truth, which I might have neglected a, a bit which also dawned on me a bit more now. Uh, deeper realization. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and the other thing that, as you were speaking, Aaron, is the importance of the flesh, of the body. And it's not separate from our soul and from spirit, our body, our flesh, our, you know, beingness has its expression through the body. And for me, that's been an important um, part of my journey is recognizing the the importance of the body and that they're not separate and how the body expresses both our history and our tensions and our feelings, but it also expresses and can open up to essence and, you know, um, potentiality and that they're not two things. Mm. Yeah, you need the body. <laughs> you need it to process. Mm. Yeah, what a little adventure we've had, exploring far and wide and down and dirty. <laughs> Not dirty, but it's just, it's just an expression. Huh? <laughs> deep and deep and uh, deep and personal. Deep and personal. Mm. Yeah, I um. We have not been shy. <laughs> we have been offering ourselves mm. yes. the altar of personal truth. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Diana, I want to thank you so much for coming on this uh, podcast and, and sharing your presence, mm. sharing your pearl. Mm. Thank you so much. Mm. I really enjoyed being with you. And yeah, I really appreciate your expression. It's uh, yeah, really precious to be with you. And I feel your kindness and I feel your. Uh, yeah, the goodness of your soul. Thank you. And I thoroughly enjoyed being with both of you and the sincere wish that our paths cross again. I've been touched by being with both of you. Yes, me too. It would be wonderful to meet you sometime in the future. I know I will see Vasiya again quite soon, but it would be wonderful. Thank you so much. It was super precious having you on. I'm going to look forward to listening to this um, 
when we when we release it to to the public mm. so much mm. thank you all thank you all thank for listening you. diana like are you open for new students and are you working in any groups or what's what are you yeah thank you for asking um i am open to new students um i'm currently um i'm not one of the presenting teachers but i am involved with the colorado diamond heart 10 group that is newly formed and helping out in the background however i can um and with that, I'd like to say there are many groups forming around the world and many books out there. So there's many ways to um, find out more and to have experience of this path or wherever one is drawn. Uh, I, in the future, I'll have some book studies and do other things. But right now, that's I'm not doing that yet. So. Mm. so if one is curious about you whenever listening to this uh, episode uh, we can invite you to go to the diamond approach website and find diana in the teacher in the teacher lists and maybe you can put a link there if you have a if you have a book circle or anything and you can also contact her there if you want to have her as a private session teacher Okay. Good. Okay, guys. Gonna okay. end. Thumbs up. Double thumbs up. <laughs> yeah.